Welcome to the Be The Light podcast. I'm Marilyn. And I'm Melissa. And today we are going to be spending some time discussing the 11 steps to shift your reality. So grab some coffee or tea. Maybe a notebook. These 11 steps really were born from our own experience and the experience of working with our clients there is nothing new or revelatory about this, but it is more about how we've compiled it. We've done the research and the work for you. So all you have to do is sit back and listen and take some notes and incorporate these elements. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to do all 11 right now. You don't have to do all 11 ever if you don't want, but just incorporating a few of these. Even if you made a commitment to try doing one of these Just 11 one. things, yeah, your life will shift dramatically. In ways that you can't even begin to imagine right now. So what do you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. Let's just kind of, there's a lot of ground that we need to cover. So let's just go ahead and go into what we believe is the first thing that really everybody should be doing every day, which is intentional living. Some of you listening are already going to know the truth of this. Some of you might be hearing this concept for the first time, but I can assure you that you are creating your own reality. You're creating the, the world that you live in. You are the author of your own book that you're writing. And once you can fully embrace that, your life will change significantly. Well, of course it will, because when you're responsible in your life, in your creating the reality of which you want to be living, that also means that there cannot be any victimization here. Once you really fully embrace that, you can never come and say, well, these things happen to me. It is a belief. And for a lot of people, it takes them a little bit of time to get to that place. It's a process. It's not like an end point of completion. It's always a process of understanding and that there's concept. Layers. And there's layers. There's layers. layers. Right. But the purpose of creating your own reality, I think, is like you're wanting to be putting your energy out into the universe. You're going to be shaping your world to be the one that you want to live in. Right. But I think that it's a lot easier to grasp the concept of creating your own reality when you're creating something that you really like, mm -hmm. or, you know, that's reflected back to you, like the things that you love. But it's a little bit harder for people to realize that they are creating some of the more unpleasant experiences in their life right. as well. Give yourself permission of being like, well, that's just the way that is. And maybe I don't understand every facet of that right now, but I take responsibility for my life today and who I am today. 
Yes. And this the power is, how I'm doing is in the that. present moment. Always. Always. So intentional living would be that you are aware of your feelings, your thoughts, your beliefs. I know I'm going to just speak from my own personal experience. Let me, let me just give my personal account because judgment is a huge thing that I'm still processing through. I'm way better about it because I horribly judge myself. And I would say based on our clients and the people we work with and students, that's at the top of what people wrestle with, which is those things of self judgment and self acceptance are intertwined. And it's, I have to have a lot of vigilance with myself on a daily basis about my body image issues of, well, I look like this or I sounded this way, or I don't like the way I conducted myself or I, whatever it is. But that requires a lot of honesty on your part. I mean, on all of our parts, but I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to you because you're, mm-hmm. you're being so honest mm-hmm. about your process right now, but you have to have that level of honesty with mm-hmm. yourself and that desire for self-awareness mm-hmm. to really right. go deep and mm-hmm. to look at some of those, those dark places right. that you may or may not want to go down nobody wants to clean out the basement nobody nobody wants to go down there there's spiders there's things you can't see there's there might be a snake in there you don't know what you're going to encounter but it will be transformative ultimately especially when you can like bring a light in there and clean some shit out what i struggle with the most currently in my process of intentional living is that i don't really know what it is that I want to be creating in my reality. I will break it out into larger generalized areas. Like I know that I want to feel fully abundant. Yes. Uh, my, my intention is, is that my physical vessel, my body knows how much I love it every day by doing that, by having that awareness of that intention in these larger scopes, then when the smaller stuff shows up or the, it breaks it down a little bit more for me, it's Mm -hmm. a little easier to take it on. It can feel a little overwhelming to usher in this new paradigm of being the active creators of our lives because right. We've all bought into this paradigm that we have no power and that that everything is happening to us and we just have to take it and you just have to deal with it and try to make peace Mm -hmm. with it. And you know, have a good attitude about it, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. And when we're shifting into intentional living and the fact that I do have power and control over what I'm creating, it can feel a little overwhelming. What do I want to create? If I could create anything, what would it be? Exactly. And this whole thing that you're just talking about, this is why it's important on the individual level, because the only way we're going to have Massive change on a collective level is if individuals start doing this. Because when you start living intentionally, you're going to change your vibrational frequency just by doing that. And it's going to have a huge Mm -hmm. impact on everyone Mm -hmm. directly around you. Oh, yes. And the impact of changing yourself and, and shifting your own reality reverberates into the multiverse now, there are a variety of ways in, in practices of how you live with intention. One thing that I like to do in the morning uh, as soon as I open my eyes, and this isn't always realistic, but for the most part, 
I mean, you're running late and there's just not a moment. I always try to, before my feet even hit the floor, to really visualize what I would like my day to, to look and feel like. It can be as simple as today, everything is going to be effortless for me. Everyone that I meet and come in contact with will treat me with respect and kindness and compassion. I want my day to be filled with positive, uplifting joy. Thank you for all of my blessings. Just as simple as that. And then I take a moment and I really sit with that. And I feel the feeling state of like if I was getting into bed at night and all those things had actually happened. And I let that fill me up and just set with that feeling state for a while and, and, and do some breathing. That's such a simple exercise and it's so powerful. And it sets the the expectation. Like I'm affirming out loud. That's my expectation Mm -hmm. for what my day is going to be like. And it, you know, that's a really easy, if you don't believe that you're creating your own reality, start with number one, intentional living and just try that exercise Mm -hmm for a week and see, and see what where happens. that gets you because it's pretty pretty profound for me in really continuing to hone creating my reality when I was talking about the self-judgment when I am triggered by something and I am having a really strong reaction mm-hmm. my first thought that follow I have is where is trail. this coming mm-hmm. from and where is it going follow the emotion follow it not just the bad stuff. I, I really noticed the shift too, when I'm like following the things that excite me, mm-hmm. that really, I like that. That excites me. I want to do that. I want to explore that. I'm not putting any limits on what that is. Nothing is impossible in my belief system. Therefore I can do whatever I well, want. If you're the creator of your own reality, then right. how could anything be impossible? Exactly. Nothing is impossible. Truly, there's some form of manifestation that can come into being when you have your excitements and your intention and your trusting that everything really is okay and there are no wrong moves to make. Everything is a lesson. Everything is going to be for your own expansion as a human being, as a soul. Uh, we, we both have lived hard, challenging lives. And yet, I don't feel victimized by my experiences. Me personally, and I think that's because I tried to work very hard on understanding why things make me feel the way that I feel and also taking that responsibility that I am the creator of my reality. Start somewhere. We've given you a lot of ideas here. Mm-hmm. I think that it, as you as you just pick a point to start with intentional living, that in and of itself shifts your mm-hmm. perception so much. That I think that concept becomes solidified just naturally. Yes, I agree. And you'll never doubt the truth mm-hmm. of it because you'll see it. The next, I would say, biggest component of shifting your reality is really having gratitude as a living practice, you know, not just speaking the words of thanks and gratitude, feeling it in your heart. It's imperative feeling that gratitude in your heart and taking some time each day, start with just 
having gratitude every day of trying to remember to give thanks for all of your blessings to um to just set with that feeling state in your heart of what it feels like to be grateful for you know whatever it is in your life on a daily basis that brings you joy that that things that you love and really feel that gratitude mm-hmm. and then you could take it to the next level which is in the moments when you're struggling take a moment to pause and to fill yourself up with all of those things to remind yourself of all the blessings that you have in your life and to feel the beauty and the love of all of those things and then you can take it another step further which is having gratitude for the the what you're struggling with giving thanks for that as a part of your process and you're going to be golden. Something that I like to do is I start with visualizing all of my loved ones in my life and I connect with their heart space and I'm expressing my gratitude for them individually and feeling as if they were there. And I kind of go through that and I do that with my living space. I had to start with just being grateful that I'm able to breathe every day and I got two feet and I got two eyes and I got two ears and I can hear and I can see. It is so incredible the shift that happens just from from that. And having this awareness once again as gr- having that heartfelt gratitude by just engaging that activity. A huge shift, profound shift in your reality and in the paradigm. Number three on our list is the effects of grounding actually being outside, grounding, uh, connecting with nature cannot be uh, overstated. As human beings, um, we need to be connected to the electromagnetic field of this planet. Some people may be familiar with Schumann's resonance, which is the specific hertz frequency of the planet. And he conducted all those experiments with his students and they built those concrete bunkers down in the ground and insulated people for a period of time and how they began to feel physically, emotionally, and psychologically detrimental would probably be the best way to describe being removed from Schumann's resonance. And I think the biggest side effects were depression, depression, and anxiety, anxiety. Mm-hmm. They and had we're headaches. Living, we're living in a general world fatigue. Where we are uh, going to massive concrete buildings to go to work with fluorescent lighting in uh, electromagnetic chaos, you know, with all of the equipment that we're using, the Wi-Fi, all of these things. And we are disconnected from the natural rhythm of the earth. I don't think it would be any surprise to anybody if you looked around at the chaos that's taking place and how people feel disconnected. Mm -hmm. So grounding in nature is hugely important on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Taking your shoes off, standing outside, planting your feet in the grass. You can never do that enough. Now, granted, for our listeners that are up in the northern latitudes where the ground is covered in snow, for six months or eight months of the year, I, I get that maybe going out barefoot in January might not be the best idea. However, for us that live a little further south or in more temperate climates, 
you can go out in the middle of February and put your feet on the ground and have a, it will calm you. It will ground you. You will feel the physical effects of it. Forests, waterfalls, full of negative ions. We know what happens when you're surrounded by a lot of negative ionic energy. We know that it makes you feel very calm. And peaceful and, and peaceful. transmutes all mm-hmm. of your chaotic energy that you're experiencing. Connecting with our sun star consciously. Right. Maybe, you know, feeling the warmth of the sun. Having gratitude for the sun. The yes. sun is life. We wouldn't be here without the sun. Grounding as a practice can happen even if you are in a situation where you can't put your feet directly on the ground. And that is through the power of visualization. There are exercises that you can do. There are definitely ones that we do all the time, especially if you're in a situation that's causing you stress or anxiety. Maybe it's causing you some worry or concern. Maybe you are overwhelmed or needing to get centered. And uh, I think we can go ahead and, and do this visualization now. So obviously, if you're driving a car or operating heavy machinery, please do not close your eyes. But for the rest of you, we can take a moment and just close your eyes and take a breath. And just visualize yourself standing in your favorite spot on the planet, whether that's the beach with the waves crashing on the shore. Maybe it's a beautiful meadow with birds singing and trees all around. Maybe you're in the mountains, deep in a forest. Maybe you're in the desert whatever your favorite place is on this planet, connect with that place. Have gratitude for that place. Have gratitude for the earth. Have gratitude for this beautiful planet that provides us with everything that we need. Say out loud or in your mind, I ground myself into the heart of the earth. You can visualize maybe a grounding cord going from yourself into the earth. Or you could visualize your feet growing roots and being rooted in the ground. And now turn your attention to the sun. And say out loud or in your mind, I call light to myself now. Feel the light coming in through the top of your head, moving all the way through your body, out the bottom of your feet and into the earth. And now to get into your heart space, feel the energy from the sun or source and the energy from the earth in your physical vessel, in your body, as you are in perfect alignment. 
And now we can bring gratitude back into this by saying, I open my heart in love and gratitude right now. That exercise alone will bring you so much peace if you're struggling. If you, I mean, it's awesome to do it every day and start your day like that or to do it throughout the day. But really, if you're in a difficult situation, that takes so little time. And I think it will help connect deeper when you are actually out on the ground and you're connecting consciously in that way with the planet and with the sun and with all of the, the, the beautiful life on this planet that you can hear and sense and feel all of the elementals, the wind, the clouds, the water. There's so many beautiful ways for us to fill ourselves up with nature and um, with all of the abundant blessings from our beautiful, beloved mother. I love that exercise. It has saved me in some very difficult times of when I needed to be grounded. I needed to feel connected. I I needed those things in order to assist me and to transmute and to elevate. That's number three on our list. And that's how important that is. And connecting with nature in whatever way you can is crucial into shifting your reality. Yes. No more feeling disconnected with nature. And by the way, that little visual meditation, I think it's important for people to know that we, we've kind of morphed that from one of our beloved teachers, Solara Anra. We'll have a link on our website so you can go and check out her site and all of her amazing, valuable resources, one of which is a page of nothing but free meditations. That just takes us right into talking about number four, which is meditation. What is the practice of meditation, really? Being centered, calming the internal chatter within yourself, feeling connected. Getting into your heart. There is no wrong way to meditate. There's a lot of people that we see that don't have a daily meditation practice that feel a little bit unsure or overwhelmed by the concept of meditating and what that means. Well, people think that maybe you have to sit in a lotus position on the ground and have be in complete silence. And that just does not work for everybody. Some people take to it like a duck to water. Well, we're all unique. Absolutely. Each one of us is unique. And you need to find the meditation technique that resonates with you, one that you can do that's not overwhelming or too difficult for you to do every day. I mean, the important thing is that we want you to be meditating every day, even for 10 minutes. Everyone's got 10 minutes a day to meditate. Everybody has 10 minutes. Everybody has 10 minutes. You don't have to wait until 
everything has a perfect set and setting to meditate. Because if you did that, it'll never happen. Exactly. We want these steps to be as practical as they possibly can. And there's lots of different types of meditation. We like guided meditations. I think that the meditations that we recommend to our clients and the ones that we have connected with the most are guided meditations that are more visualization exercises because I think that it really helps people to be able to remember those words and those feeling states and the steps of that meditation to utilize even when they're not listening to the meditation. Totally. It's a practice. It is a practice. And when you practice it enough, you'll find that you can recall that sequence in that guided meditation if you don't have access to a guided meditation. And that is an incredible resource to have and a really powerful tool. You know, there used to be a show on PBS called Lilius Yoga and You. And that I would do the yoga because I had no idea, but I knew it was important doing yoga. And she would always, she kind of would talk about occasionally about meditation and meditation practice. I'm sure they were trying to keep her from talking about anything that might be remotely spiritual, but it would come through there in the practice. And I think that was my first exposure. And for me as a kid, and even until like I got to be in high school when I finally discovered, oh, there's all these other ways of meditating that I would think that I would have to sit quietly, internally, not move, don't move. If you've moved, you have failed at meditation. And if you think a random thought, you have failed at meditation. And that's just not true, of course, you know. Um, I think my first experience with meditation, even though I wasn't calling it that mm -hmm. or certainly didn't know that I was doing it, but I remember, I mean, even from as young as when I was in kindergarten, um, I would come home from school every day and we had this window seat. And at that time in the afternoon, the sun would be coming in. And every day I would just sit there feeling the sun on my skin mm -hmm. and just connecting in that way mm -hmm. and not talking or engaging with anything but my own feeling mm -hmm. state. And that's meditation as well. We don't need to go into the myriad of physical benefits from meditation because you can see that in mainstream media all day long till the cows come home. Of course, it's profoundly beneficial for stress, for anxiety, for depression. You know, one of the other really cool and very important elements of, of that what happens from meditating is that you are strengthening and connecting with your higher self. And when you're able to be in that meditative state where the mind chatter is still boy, you can get a lot of information. You can have Tons a lot of awarenesses. Of you can insight. connect a lot of dots that are going to help you navigate the world more effortlessly and efficiently. And it's going to be pretty amazing. And I'm excited for you. It's always exciting when people get turned on yeah. to the relative ease of incorporating meditation in their daily lives. And like we said, there's tons of resources out there. Follow what you resonate with. You're never going to get steered wrong by mm -hmm. that. And you're only going to benefit from that. You know, people meditate in different places. I know that we like to recommend to our clients, as we have found within our own lives, the importance of having sacred space in your space. So 
Number five on our list is creating sacred space in your home. It can be as simple as a shelf, but it's a visual reminder of your intentional living. Creating sacred space in your home is doing a number of things. I think that one of the most important things is that you're sending a message. I'm important enough to have the sacred space in my home. This is its own little magical spot that I've created, that I've done nothing but infuse with my vibrational frequency, the elements that I love. You are creating from, you're, you're putting this intention of sacredness into form. Thank you. You're, you're, you're bringing this in. This is why churches have altars. This is why all sacred temples have altars. Reminding everybody in that space of the connection to the divine, the, the, the sacredness of being a human being, of being connected to all that is, being connected to the earth, being connected to yourself. Truly, because your sacred space can be as simple as a shelf. It can be as elaborate as a big table that you have. It can have. be an entire room. It can be an entire space. room. Figure out where you want that space to be. And then you're going to just decorate your space with items that you connect with. So for example, our little altar at the cottage, we have gifts that people have given us. We have a lot of very special lot of, minerals yes. and crystals on there that we really don't utilize in our practice that are there. They're for so the, sacred. They're there for the and space. So special. And we have, you know, we got Siddhartha over there. We got the Buddha. We've we have got candles. Our candles of our, you know, uh, of our saints and our Mother Mary. We and have a Jesus. painting. We've got a beautiful galaxy painting that Melissa painted. We've got our Palo Santo wood. I mean, it is full of items that have been important in the creation of this place. And it is a visual reminder. It is the first thing that you see when you come in. It really and is. We have a little rug in front of it. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, whenever I mm -hmm. come in mm -hmm. the door and I see that altar in the little rug, I just want to go and stand on it and take mm -hmm. a moment to feel gratitude, to mm -hmm. set the day, what I would Absolutely. like to accomplish here, how I would like to connect with everybody that walks in the door. I'm just reminded of how grateful I am for this place and the work that I get to do. And if that altar wasn't there, it would be easy to just come blazing through the door and set stuff down and start in on the day and this and that and papers and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a step in the direction away from intentional living right. when you do that, right? Right. And we've gotten to see a lot of our clients, the sacred space that they create. They'll send pictures or we've seen it in their homes and you can bring any elements, photographs of your loved ones. We have a client that's beautiful. She had a picture of herself as a child, which mm -hmm. I thought for her healing journey was absolutely necessary and perfect. And, um, so whatever elements of nature, something that is going to represent the elements and that could be a candle, a piece of wood, it could shells, be shells, ocean elements, the, uh, right, sand. exactly, whatever you're connected to. And these are sacred items that you connect with from your heart. 
having visual reminders in your life as a way to intentional living is huge. Just having a visual reminder is so important because it really does help you shift gears. Mm -hmm. Like you see that and you're instantly reminded of a feeling state or the energy that you're wishing to bring into a space. It's fun to create it. You can shift it up. It's a dynamic space. Treat it like that and bring in elements. Sometimes you're done utilizing something and it goes somewhere else and you bring something else in. So having that, you're you're kind of once again bringing into manifestation this idea and these things that you may have floating around but we got to bring it into form, right? We have to bring it into this reality. Okay, and now we're going to come to our next step, which is intuitive skills. What does intuitive even mean? If you're going to look up the definition of intuitive, that literally means it's something that's based on what one feels to be true, even without conscious reasoning. It's instinctive, okay? It's it's easy to you just know it to be true let's just start with that so starting with the definition let's also say and get it out there and make it very clear to people because most people don't think that they have these skills like I don't know how do I know I'm not intuitive (laughs) but we're here to tell you without a shadow of a doubt that every every human being on the planet is intuitive whether or not they have allow themselves to access and play around with that ability, that's really where it comes down to that most people don't because they don't always trust what they're getting, plus they're not honed in on that. So it does take some practice. I believe that every single human being born on this planet is, you know, has, is deeply connected to their intuition And there has been, you know, people at about the age of five, six, seven, eight, you know, they have been told time and time again that the things that they are seeing, thinking, feeling, knowing are not true. And I think that over time, um, you know, these things are kind of just, they're they're unused gifts that that people have a lot of you know, they can have a lot of trauma around, um, you know, in particular of just not being heard, not, you know, their, what they're experiencing, not being valued. Well, you're conditioned. If you're stifled with that, or you're told over and over again, when you're little, that's not real. Now, how would you know that? Or no, that's just not happening or that didn't happen. Basically you're dismissing and that child is getting programmed and conditioned to not even, not only share, shut her down boys, but we're shutting this down. Right. (laughs) Like this is too, this is causing me too much pain and trauma. Right. And I'm tired of being invalidated. Right. Because everybody tells me what I'm seeing and I'm using air quotes around the term seeing that you may be seeing in your mind's eye is not real or valid. So 
basically people are not having to learn how to use their intuition. They're having to to remember and break through all of that programming. They're exactly. having to remember to, to tap back into that intuition. Now, for some people, that's never been shut down or turned off. Right. There, everybody knows people who are, um, you know, profoundly in touch with their intuitive skills, um, which can present themselves in a variety of ways. Absolutely, and there are there. There's actually a term for these abilities that we would define as. I'm just going to say it, psychic abilities. Let's put it under the umbrella of psychic abilities. And that would be the big umbrella of clairsentience. And what is clairsentience? Well, it's this knowing, right? This psychic knowing, and you're going to be receiving, people can receive this information of all of these different psychic sensitivities that are going to correspond to your actual senses, Seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching. And those are going to translate into actual terms. We've all heard the term clairvoyant. Well, you're seeing something. Mm -hmm. uh, Clara audience, you're hearing something. Um, I am really intrigued by people who have Clara tangency. What's that? Well... <laughs> That is the ability to have knowing from touching something, right? Oh, you mean like those people who run their hands over cars <laughs> on shows and say uh -huh. Uh -huh. something very tragic happened here? I can see it all, but they're touching it, right? Don't they're those people like work object? for the police and the FBI and stuff? Oh, let's see. Uh, yeah, occasionally they do. But, you know, law enforcement doesn't want to talk about bringing in people with a specialized certain skill set <laughs> that is not Liam Neeson, but a specialized skill set because they do it just like we talked, we've talked about this before about how, um, you know, you're, you're able to bring in whatever is available. If you're at the end of, if, if you've been stumped by something, then it's okay to bring in the psychic then it's okay to bring in somebody who has clairtangency and can go to a crime scene and touch the ground. After you've wasted three months. Or three years. On a dead trail. Exactly. Yeah. That you are going to be allowed to bring in this form of sleuthing. <laughs> you know? And so what we're trying to explain is that every person has these abilities and they can start with trying to hone these sensitive abilities that we all have. What would you say your intuitive skills are? <laughs> I think, I think most people predominantly have one or two that they, I think that, that, that they connect with them, really that, naturally. Yes. I would say for me, probably Clara audience hearing things. <laughs> I do hear a lot. Um, the voices made me do it. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. I knew. No. I'm it's just really not funny. far removed from I was guided to do X, Y, or Z. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I was guided. 
by my clairsentient skills. I'd say clairsentience is probably one thing that, because it is more subtle, you're probably not talking about that as much. So it's not as subject to being Mm -hmm. shut down. You know, Mm -hmm. it's more something that you just internalize and deal with on your own as a child, like walking into somewhere and you want to literally just turn around and run or feeling someone else's pain, knowing Mm -hmm. that something is going on with somebody, feeling, you know, energy, especially of places where there have been a lot of trauma. Um, oh, yeah. Talk to me after you've had to get dragged to every Civil War battlefield uh, um, and spots on the Underground Railroad. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's nowhere, honestly, you can go. If you're sensitive enough to it, a place is going to feel good or a place is going to feel like there's a lot of trauma, which is most places, because let's be honest, there's not a place on the planet that has not experienced Uh, some type of deep trauma from wars or genocide or just bad juju stuff. And that stuff is from humans creating that energy. Mother Earth isn't bad, right? I think our ability to feel these things, we definitely understand that from, from little on. I would always be confronted by adults with how do you know that? I don't know. I just know it. And it would go one of two ways. Either they would be like completely in awe because it panned out and turned out to be true or they could validate that in some way. Or they thought I was just a very imaginative child. Mm -hmm. So the point we're trying to make here is for all of our listeners to understand that you're intuitive. Whether you believe you are or not. And it, it just takes some effort to hone those skills in, in a way. And there are lots of little exercises that you can do. Every day provides a plethora of opportunities. When you have the intention to practice using your intuition, I mean, we're all getting this information. It's literally being live streamed to us all day long. All day long. And whether we're tapping into it or not is up to us. Right. Are you going to get some information and then have to run it through your brain and have to make sense of it? I mean, I think most of us are guilty of that. We're conditioned that the rational mind is the right voice. It's the right answer. And, And I'm not saying it doesn't get to have a voice because it certainly should. It's part of us. Yeah. We have it for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to level the playing field. We've already talked about meditation. Meditation is going to open up so many doors for you if you can have a regular meditation practice. It is so beneficial for stopping the mind chatter, for opening up your third eye and your crown chakras, which you know are allowing all of this information to flow freely. Write down some of your meditation experiences. Yeah, document like, okay, I was in this meditate. I went and did a 15-minute guided meditation. But while I was doing the guided meditation, I saw whatever. By writing it down, you're sending the message that you're trusting that that information is valid. It's valid. It's important. Well... And you're, it's only yes. going to strengthen that connection that you have. I mean, the more that you're trusting it and you're developing that relationship with your, with your intuition and with your third eye, you are 
only going to be strengthening it and, you know, opening that channel of communication. I just don't think it can ever be overstated that meditation is just an absolute imperative foundation for all of these things. Mm -hmm. All of the insight that you ever want to have, the relaxation, feeling calm, feeling centered, feeling the guidance from yourself, your higher self. This is all going to be built upon having that meditation practice. Sometimes people think that if something isn't happening during meditation, like I just couldn't relax or I was thinking about other things or I didn't have this profound experience. But if you have a daily meditation practice, you are it's like working out, right? Yeah. You got to look at it as a practice. You are going to just be so surprised at how this is going to catapult you. In such a short amount of time. Exponentially. Exponentially. We tell people this all the time in our practice and we're telling it to you. So have we talked about active meditation? Active meditation is any kind of repetitive motion that you're doing, whether it is running, walking, cycling, or something where you're using your hands, knitting, gardening, anything where your body is doing some sort of rhythmic repetitive motion that calms your cognitive mind. It kind of like turns it down to where your intuition is open and ready to receive mm -hmm. all kinds of messages that usually come in probably like a more daydreamy form of information. That is valid. Oh, where absolutely. are you when you're daydreaming? What are you thinking about? Right, what? Right. Where are you going? Mm -hmm. Try to remember and trace it back. I mean, when you are just lost in thought, we call it thought, but it's really not. You're lost in intuition. Um, when you're mm -hmm. lost in your intuition and, you know, someone pulls you back out of it and then we just like, are like, oh, I was daydreaming and da, 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 da and now I'm paying attention to my real life. Right. Um, where were you? What were you thinking about? Mm -hmm. Do we ever even stop and think about it again? Or no. do we just move on? Like that is your higher self giving you information, important information that you are seeking, that you're asking for. These are clues you're giving to yourself about what next steps to take, about your soul's purpose in life, where you should be going, what you should be doing with yourself. So, I mean... Do not discount the daydreamy state that you can get from active meditation. It is vital to this process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Practice feeling instead of thinking. Can you even separate a feeling from a thought? Have you even tried? Am I making this decision based on my thought or my feeling? Because truly... More people do make decisions based on feeling states. They're just not aware that they're making those decisions on their feeling states. Where are you feeling that feeling state within your, even your own body? How about like when you know that someone's lying to you? Oh, and you know it. And you know it the second they start talking, you you're looking at because them. Because guess what everybody says when they say that? I felt it. I just knew it. I could well, feel it. Well, after the fact, after you find out the truth the moment, of it. But in the moment, you, in your the face, moment you know it, right? You but know. Then, 
you start to be like, well, why would they do that? And right. I would, you know, and I'm just being too harsh and, right. and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're, you're not wanting to, no. to believe that someone's lying to you. Yeah. And so you get it all tripped up there and mm-hmm. it goes into a little spin cycle, you know, mm-hmm. where it's running through your intuition and your mind is trying to override it and override right. it and override it. And guess what? There you are on the floor in a pile of tears, right. you know, a week later. <laughs> and eventually, Why did this happen to me? Well, guess what? I can tell you why it happened to you. Because you were avoiding listening to your intuition. You were avoiding listening to yourself. And this is another aspect of why your intuitive skills are important. Because what you're doing when you're working on honing those skills, working on strengthening that connection with the you of you and your higher self, you are going to be trusting the voice within. Like, I don't even have to validate it to you. I don't, you. Validate it I don't even have to give you a reason. Uh-uh, no. Like, I just know it. And, and that's, it. that's it. Period. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and bring in the other element of paying attention to what you're receiving in the dream state, being aware of what your dreams are. We are all going into this other realm of reality in the dream state with our consciousness and the information that we can come back with, even if it seems like the strangest and bizarrest of scenarios and situations, it's the place that we are going to be playing in Mm -hmm. and exploring these things that are either serving us or not serving us or things that we need to be paying attention to and bringing that back into our waking reality. Mm I don't ever negate the experience I had in the dream state. I know important stuff is happening. And sometimes I just have to accept some major shit went down in the dream state. Any little bit that you can bring back is important. And it's important for you to document in whatever way you are most comfortable doing. It's exciting to go back and it's fun to go back and listen to. it's hilarious to go back and listen to them. I know. Because then you will have forgotten. Our dream state is very ephemeral. Well, and not only that, but if you listen like a year later, all the stuff has happened and it's all the stuff that was so mysterious and laughable was just like, oh my gosh, I can totally see how this played out oh yeah absolutely or you know what that was about you know because that was a big theme in my life even though I was so in it I couldn't see the you know forest for the trees right never underestimate the the importance of doing the dream work and by dream work meaning document your dreams in the best way that you can there there are actually a couple of other tools that you can bring in if you want to The first one that comes to mind is oracle cards. Mm, We love oracle cards. Oracle cards, a.k.a. divination cards. They go by a couple of different names. They have the cards, and typically there will be an accompanied book that is going to provide interpretations of the meanings of those cards. With that being said... I know that every Oracle card creator is also going to be instructing the user to have their interpretation of what that card may represent to them. So there is some freedom within that. It's not like you get a deck and and this is the absolute, but these are guideposts because most people that are going to pick up a deck of cards are not going to have any knowledge or understanding of any of these meanings. Mm -hmm. And so you do need a, you need a map to help you. And that's what the accompanied book is really good for. 
if I am struggling to come up with clarity on a situation, I just want to know what my guides, my team, as I call them, what is the best message that I need to receive? It is very insightful because I know that as I am shuffling these cards, I'm holding my intention. Also keep in mind, I have grounded and called light to myself. I've usually done a little meditation. I've gotten centered. I'm giving the respect to this process that it it deserves and hold my query or my intention internally in my mind and in my heart. Then I'll pick the cards. How many cards am I picking? Typically for me, it's going to be three. Everybody is different. You can do a layout if you want. There, You need to pick as many cards as you're guided to pick. Tap totally. into your intuition. Once again, here's another aspect of that, right? Don't hesitate. Trust that they are going to be the perfect cards that you need. The the message is going to be for you, and you're the one picking the cards. And that is a really excellent point because it really is knowing in your heart, within the very fiber of your being, and trusting that you are receiving the perfect message. Mm -hmm. Don't second guess it. And don't be like, oh, I don't like that card. I don't oh, like we've that all gotten. We've the all card. been there. <laughs> Talk to us when you've pulled a card for weeks on end, and then you think you're done with it, and it somehow ends up outside for you to find randomly, just to remind you of the message that that card brought. So when when you're doing these um, these draws of cards. Don't go overboard where you're feeling like every decision, because we've been there too. You know, you're like, it's like, I got to throw the bones. I've got to pull the <laughs> cards. I've got to know what my next step is. And really the point of the cards, right? It's, it's awesome to have direction and clarity and maybe at times validation, because I have received that in a card pull before, and that's awesome. However, it's really not just about that. It's about this process that you're going through of connecting and trusting. Connecting, receiving, trusting. So that's a good tool. And the other tool would be testing your hunches. That little feeling that you have that is not based on any necessarily physical evidence which would also be like a clairsentient exactly it would be clairsentience i would say a hunch would be a clairsentience right like uh one example i would give would be like like every once in a while and i i guess i'm just you know tapping into the collective energy but i feel this big wave of excitement like i feel like something really exciting is getting ready to happen Mm -hmm. or I will feel like the opposite of that. Like I'll just feel a lot of anxious energy. And once I've kind of gone through the whole thing of like, no, this isn't really coming from me. There's really nothing that I was doing or there's nothing applicable in my own life. 
and I'll realize that I'm tapping into like some big collective energy. And then I'll find out that, you know, all these solar flares are happening. The weather is chaotic. You know, right. you know, certain events have happened mm -hmm. that you're feeling that collective energy. I think that it's really cool to kind of, you know, write these things down. Like mm -hmm. when you get a hunch that something is going to happen or I think a good thing, one that we can all relate to is thinking about a song and having it come on the radio. How many times does that happen? Or I mean, thinking about somebody and having them call you. Right. They've reached out to you and you're like, oh my God, I was just thinking about you. So those kinds of things and paying attention because you're basically just validating to yourself. These are not random occurrences. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you are making this connection. You're reading the field. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to make a shift. And, and the, the only way that we can really collectively make a shift is if all of us turn down the brain and turn up the intuition. And right. the rational, logical mind needs to be dialed down. And we need to all be ramping up our intuitive skills because that is what's guiding us. We weren't left on this planet to be completely disconnected with no information, no guidance, nothing. We're just alone. We're wandering around in the desert, not being able to see anything. Mm -hmm. That's not how it was meant no. to be. We were meant to be in direct communication with our higher selves to be guided from that higher perspective, but still having free will to acknowledge it or not. So right. I believe that the goal is that everybody should be operating from intuition instead of, you know, the rational, well, logical mind. And when we are listening to our intuition and we're letting our intuition guide our lives, our lives become more effortless they are not full of the pitfalls that uh, the bad relationships, the time wasted on bad decisions and cleaning up after those things. Why take the rough road when you can take the smooth one? I don't think anybody says, I really want my life to be as hard as it possibly can. No, of course not. Every day provides us with awesome opportunities to listen to our intuitive hunches or to ignore them. I'll give you an example. Uh, yeah. When I was driving over here today, oh, oh okay, Recently. and I was driving down the street, mm -hmm. I was like, "I'm just going to turn on Lee," and then I, I was like about to turn, and then I was like, "Why would I turn on Lee? I never turn on Lee. Um, that's mm -hmm. dumb. Oh. Like, I need to just keep going yes. and then just and turn down, you know, our street mm -hmm. because why? Why would I do that? I'm going. I'm having this whole conversation with myself while I get up to our street." sat there for about five minutes while all the stuff was going on and thought to myself, wow, I should have listened to my intuition. Exactly. It doesn't always I make always sense. I always do that when I'm driving. It's true. It's true. It looks to the common to the eye, untrained the eye. untrained eye, like you're meandering around town or but like maybe not. you don't have a destination and you're yeah. just kind of weaving, you're bobbing and weaving in I and out across town. Roads. But I know exactly what I'm doing because my higher self is driving. Hell yes. Totally. And I, I trust in thing. that completely. And I Absolutely. think it was really funny that I didn't today. And I don't you know didn't. why. And look what you got. You got stuck. Maybe it's because I could tell the story. We're all a work <laughs> in progress. 
The important thing is that I made the connection, and I knew Making in that moment. I knew. That's the key. Yeah. As I was sitting there waiting to turn left for five minutes, that yeah, um, I should have turned on Lee. That's what that was about. Of course, my higher self. We can do see. the same thing. Oh yeah, and when you don't, you know it immediately. I you know, know it immediately when you decide to go against. It makes you're you like, laugh. I, I know. And then myself. you get to have an exercise in patience. Where and you're then just you like, have another anecdotal story to tell people yeah. of why it's important to listen to yourself and to your higher self communicating with you. Yes. Because that whole thing is going to only be reinforcing and assisting you in shifting your reality into moving into where you're the prime creator of your reality. And you're going to be getting, because you're going to be able to read the field. You're going to be able to read yourself. You're going to be able to have this back and forth in this communication and you're going to trust it and you're not going to question it and get over analytical. Is that coming from me or is that coming from somebody else? No, it's, it's coming from you. Well, why would I say that? Well, that's your higher self and it knows it knows. And the next step, which I feel dovetails very nicely with intuition and intuitive skills is tuning into your physical body. That's a real easy way to start practicing some of your intuitive skills. We all know what it's like to be in an uncomfortable situation. Say you walk into a space and you get a really weird feeling and you don't know why. And that weird feeling is intuition. Telling you to leave. And that's direct communication. It's a direct energetic exchange. Your physical field has an energetic field surrounding it. And your energetic field is communicating with your physical body all the time without any awareness on your part, any conscious awareness until you feel it in the physical. Mm -hmm. And I think that some awesome ways to really practice using your intuition because it is a practice. It's not like some people have intuition and some people don't. It's not like, I mean, it's true that some people somebody to be ripped Like some people maybe are naturally born with a certain proclivity of having formed abdominal muscles. But the reality is the majority of humans walking around don't. And if you want to have like any definition there, you're going to have to work out a lot to get it into that place. And this is yet another skill that every human being has. Everybody is intuitive. Uh, how that has been stifled or stymied or walled off or whatever that's going to be with that, that person. But everybody has the ability. Everybody is an intuitive being. And you do have to, like everything that we've talked about so far today, it does. I mean, we kind of did do this in sort of an order, in a, in a reason that if you were really going to take it, in a systematic way, this is where you're building up to, because if you've been doing all these other practices, you are going to already be primed and ready to embark upon honing those intuitive skills. And like you were just talking about, it's the body. The body is where we really feel it, but because we're so programmed to be disconnected from our bodies, like it's something other than who we are. And I know for me, that's my thing, right? It's taken me a long time to feel like I even have a body mm-hmm. feeling very disconnected from my physical vessel for the majority of my life. 
yet we get reminded. We don't want to be reminded in horrible ways. Like I don't need to have a broken leg to understand that I have a leg. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the pain. Okay. I don't want to do that. That's not the lesson I want to learn that from. Let me start from this place of paying attention and your gut feeling is your intuition. Mm -hmm. You know, I know for me, I feel things there, especially when they're not okay. I'll feel a little, you know, but you can feel things in various points of your body. And yeah, I was going to say, I think that for me, I, I tend to feel things more in my heart. Mm-hmm. Depending on the situation, I definitely can feel things there where I'm just like, somebody get the knife out. I feel like I've just been stabbed. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to speak for myself. I think I can speak for you. You can. And for a lot of people that are listening are going to relate to this, but I feel like I have gone through various stages of, of disconnection from my physical body over time, you know, it's definitely been a love hate relationship and you're, <laughs> there's no end point to that. I don't think until you achieve hundred percent unconditional self love. And that's a really, um, that that's a journey that's going to take as long as it's going to take. And for some of us, we have to perpetually revisit that. I know from my own personal experience of tuning into my body, I have felt for the majority of my life extremely disconnected from my physical body. I sure didn't love it unconditionally for many years. Even though I liked myself, I could have moments of feeling good about how I looked, but it's a very complicated and layered perception that we have about our physical vessels, right? I had to get to the place of having unconditional love for myself and being able to tune in. I had to reverse engineer that and come about it from being a place of having chronic pain or having a health issue that I knew the only way to transcend that was to go through it and to have this ongoing dialogue and checking in with my body. But quite honestly, it was me getting to a place of having gratitude. Yes. I will say in full disclosure that that's something that I wrestle with every day, sometimes every moment of every day, Mm -hmm. because even though I feel on one level, I can feel very disconnected from my physical body as far as I'm keenly aware of the fact that I am a conscious being right. that is inside of a body, and I have been my whole life. But I'm also hypersensitive and hyper aware of my physical body at all moments. I'm receiving information that's coming in dialed up at, you know, a hundred million. So every minor discomfort, every, you know, I can tell you like exactly where every part of my body is at every moment, just sitting in this chair. I mean, you know, that information is flooding into me constantly Mm -hmm. and it's hard to deal with that. I mean, it's really hard to, well, it feels very overstimulating just It's overstimulating and it's also not something that I want to be 
that aware of. (laughs) Right. You know, that's too much. I don't want to be aware of like the space that I'm taking up in, in the world. You know, I, I feel like I'm getting all this external information. Mm -hmm. It's almost like your body's, well, it is kind of like a computer program. It is, it is kind of like, a, you know, and it's receiving all of this information mm-hmm. at all times. But if you struggle with body image issues, which who or, doesn't, I mean, I, you, I feel like if you, how been, do you feel in your clothes, how do you feel when you're dressed? How do you feel when you're naked? How do you feel when you're, I mean, that has been a huge road for me huge road for me and thank god we have so many beautiful body positive movement people all over the planet i'm doing so I'm, it makes me so happy such profound for all work these kids that are coming up Ugh. and that have these other people out there really talking about this and the reason why we're kind of going down this path right now in our conversation is really recognizing that that is a huge thing for all of us mm-hmm how do we feel in our own skin? How do we feel in relation to other people? How that, do we love ourselves? How do we, because this is a huge part you know? of loving yourself. How can you love yourself in totality if you are going to have an internal dialogue beating mm-hmm. yourself down? How is your body supposed to work for right. you? I mean, which is, it's supposed to be this beautiful relationship. How is your body supposed to work for you? Or why would it want to? When all you're doing is saying hateful, horrible things. Yeah. If you were sitting there berating somebody every day, do you think they'd want to spend one fucking minute with you? No, they wouldn't. But yet your body ain't got nowhere to go because you're intricately intertwined. Right. It's only, it's only job is to reflect the internal feeling state and, and what you're programming into it. Right. So Tuning into your body is huge. It's multi-layered in and of itself, but it can definitely start you on the path to utilizing your intuition. So say say you have a physical symptom. Let's just say that. You have a physical symptom. Following that trail of what was happening when I started to have this physical symptom, what was going on in my life? I mean, this goes back to self-awareness and intentional living and following, you know, following those little treasure trails that we're giving ourself, but taking the time to not look at it as, as a random occurrence, but actually something that is trying to teach you something, Mm -hmm. something. Because there's nothing random going on here. And usually it's going to correspond to something that you can actually Mm -hmm. trace back to, well, this was going on or I got into an argument with Mm so-and-so and and then I was, you know, felt like I couldn't talk about it. And well, wow, lo and behold, I have laryngitis, you know, two weeks later. Right. And this goes right and dovetails in with being able to understand what those energy centers in our bodies, everything is going to be corresponding to a chakra within your body. And you can read about chakras on our website if you don't know anything about a chakra. There's so much information. But there's a lot of information. But there are physical correlations to each chakra. So when you have a physical manifestation and you see where it has manifested itself, 
you're going to look directly to that corresponding chakra. What does that mean? What is imbalanced within me within that chakra? And why am I experiencing this? Where did this imbalance originally come from? Right. And for all of us who have ever dealt with chronic health issues where you have a, something that reoccurs, you may not have a problem for a couple of years and then all of a sudden you got a flare up of something or you get injured in that location or something else happens in that location. And before you know it, if you stop for a second and back out, you're like, holy shit, man, everything that goes wrong with me is happening in my sacral chakra, in my second chakra. What is up with that? And when you're able to kind of get in there and explore that. Once again, it's kind of like reverse engineering. It is. Sometimes, sometimes when you start doing these practices, you're it really is. reverse engineering things so that you can make the connections. And once you right. make the connections, then you're going to feel that imbalance before mm -hmm. it becomes a physical manifestation. And then you can hand it off at the past because you're going to be using your intuitive skills. That's right. Uh, because you've been meditating, grounding, and you got sacred space and you're living intentionally and you're having gratitude as a daily practice, as a part of your life. All of these things come together. They're building on each other to be able to manifest in the most optimal way that you're wishing to create your reality. And you are never at a pinnacle moment in your intuitive skills. I still am learning things all the time. I'm honing mine all the time. All the time. I will only feel like I've reached the pinnacle when I have complete omnipotence. And you consciously you, aware, <laughs> conscious <laughs> omnipotence of myself. Well, that'll be fun for you to experience in the 13th dimension. But for now... We're just going to keep plugging along. Got to keep plugging along here. Um, number eight on our list is creative expression. We are born to express ourselves creatively. There's only one of you. I mean, they broke the mold when they made you. So Exactly. So you being your authentic self and creating something from your unique vibrational frequency and putting it out for the rest of the world to interact with is everything. And especially if you're doing that from a place of love, oh my gosh, everybody can feel that. I mean, like when you look at a piece of art, say, there's so many layers to why you love that piece of art. And I would say that I know on a deep intuitive level that yes, I might like the color, I might like the structure, I might like the way that it was done or the style. But I think really what I'm feeling is a connection to the vibrational frequency of the person who created that. And I can feel totally. the feeling state mm -hmm. that they were feeling mm -hmm. when they created it. Right. And I love that. And I love feeling connected. And it's the same thing with music and mm -hmm. all of these things that we were talking right. about. Every form Your of vibrational expression. frequency mm -hmm. is important. It's important that, that everybody knows who you truly are, your authentic soul. And I think there's this idea that if I'm doing this creative expression, I have, I'm obligated to share it. Oh, um, no, no, you're not. You don't mm -hmm. have to share it with anybody. The fact that you're doing it and expressing yourself and you've you're taken doing it, it just for you, you've taken it and put it into form. You've taken yes. it and put it in, brought it into reality. You've brought it forth. That is enough. Yes. 
That is enough. Nobody's going to see your... Where it goes from there is up to you. Totally up to you. I'm so glad, honestly, that you brought that up because that is such an amazing point. Um, In our society, we have such an entrenched belief system that we can't just create something for the pure joy of creating it. Uh, or for the for right. the benefit or the act of doing it and what it provides for us. It's like we've been programmed to believe that everything has to serve a purpose or make money. That it has to have something other than its intrinsic value as a created work of an expression. Um, I know. Like it needs any other validation. It's just one of those beliefs that people don't even realize they have until they're confronting it. Like we don't even realize it because we're so it's so ingrained in this culture anyway. Yes. You know, in this society. So do something for you. Explore some some different creative modalities. And also I'd like to mention something that that just occurred to me. Be careful of the stories that you tell yourself about I can't paint or I can't do this or I can't do that I'm or not I've an never artist. you know, I'm not an artist I is can't a big draw. one. Because I think that you would be surprised at what you can do if it excites you. Sometimes the stories we tell ourselves are just stories and they're not even true. You just have to start with giving yourself permission (sighs) to start. Start somewhere. Just allowing yourself to maybe play around with some of these ideas that have been brewing inside of you for years. Give them a few minutes a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to take a class on how to make jewelry. Play around. Your higher self wants you to play around with these fun activities. Your higher self wants you to play. Period. That's a complete (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Well, another component in shifting your reality is utilizing energetic healing modalities. Two really good books that we definitely recommend to our clients, Vibrational Medicine by Richard Gerber and Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. And she spells her last name M-Y-S-S. You can check out these. They'll be on our resource page. Two excellent books that are going to help you understand how these subtle energetic healing modalities work. Energetic healing modalities work on the principle of entrainment, which is that everything in the world, in the universe, in the multiverse is a vibrational frequency. And if you introduce another steady vibrational frequency unwavering into a chaotic field, then you are going to bring that chaotic energy into balance and harmony. Reiki, mm-hmm. quantum touch, healing touch, Flower essential essences. oils. Using stones, lithotherapy. These are just examples. Look in your own community for people who are practitioners. You can get online and investigate these modalities for yourself. You want to choose something that feels resonant within yourself. And this goes back to using your intuition. You're going to be intuitively drawn to the specific method that is going to be the most beneficial for you. And trust that the one that you choose is the perfect one for you. Because I think a lot of people do do a lot of second guessing. Um, but when you're 
you've done all of these other steps into shifting your reality, you're primed and ready to be able to pick a practitioner because you're going to be guided intuitively to pick the right person. You're going to trust that the right person, you're going to be in contact with that person or those people or that situation. And you have no idea where this journey in and of itself is going to take you. I mean, if I had known that the first time that I ever (laughs) picked up a stone that I would be a lithotherapist making a podcast, I would have never believed it. So look, what can happen? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot can happen. A lot of exciting things Uh could unfold. Right. So when you're looking and you're doing your research or investigating, you can utilize that term, energetic healing modalities, like Melissa said, holistic healing, alternative energetic healing. It's an exciting part of this journey, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. And um, we've both been recipients of these types of healing modalities. And of course, as practitioners, we get to see all sides to it. And it's really beautiful. And it can really propel you assist with your healing in profound ways that you really can't imagine um, in, in clearing and releasing things that no longer serve you and doing um, the heavy lifting. Yeah, man, you got to ask for help. You got to have some allies. Yes, that is you, but it's also you getting to a place of understanding that it's not a, and you don't have to do it alone. Right. Exactly. You know, this is a group effort. And we've all got to do our part individually, right? So we have to seek it out. You have to ask for help. As much as we want the team of angels on high or whoever our guides and our teams are to just step in and, you know, appear as a burning bush or, you know, an apparition or do something in this fantastical nature, it doesn't always work like that. You know, because you have to ask for help. I know. I would love it if I could just come downstairs every day and Archangel Michael was sitting at my breakfast Ready, table. Ready, waiting with a cup of what coffee. What can I do to help you today? Got the best roast in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have to ask for help. But you have to ask for it. <laughs> I know for my own and my own personal journey and my work that the minute I got that figured out, <laughs> yes. it changed everything. It yes. really, it did. It was another, it's, a, it's a, a crucial changer component. And I think it's also important to note that these energetic healing modalities, just like beautiful souls that you connect with throughout your journey that step in at specific moments when you're seeking the help that you need, they, they can morph and change and they will you, may, morph and you change. may connect with one healing modality mm-hmm. and then that's served its purpose and, right. and it, you know, it makes room for another healing modality to come in and it's just such a beautiful, amazing part of your journey that I hope that you will explore. Yes, because it will morph and shift every single one these this is old wisdom ancient wisdom coming back forth in a time we've we've got it you know going through this new lens of where people are today and so there are different manifestations of all of these different modalities that are taking uh taking place right now but this is nothing new mm There's sure nothing new about utilizing stones for healing. We know that. But it's going to be new and exciting that in our lifetime, this is really, 
you know, I know I've been waiting for it my whole life. The fact that we have physicians that come and see us, that come and see us is nurses, physical therapists, incredibly like I'm just in awe awe of what's happening with, with this marrying of, of Western medicine and, and holistic energetic healing modalities. And it really, you know, it's been relegated to end of life illnesses. So you will see Reiki offered at Mayo. You will see Reiki offered at MD Anderson or any of these medical centers that deal with very intense, difficult, and usually terminal illnesses that they're willing to allow nothing. Since nothing else is working, we'll let you come into the sandbox and play and, and maybe it'll work. But what they've discovered, especially with Reiki, just because we're speaking from our own professional perspective on that, is that they know through their own studies how important that component of the healing journey Mm -hmm. can be. Whether you're a survivor or you've decided to, you know, drop body and get your wings. I mean, either way, it's a beautiful component. And now we see that, oh, wait, these modalities are really beneficial with chronic illnesses. They're very beneficial for traumatic psychological scarring situations, like people who have horrible PTSD. There's tons of research out there. It has been done, if it needs to be quantified for anybody, what this can do. And this finally it it getting down to these other areas in Western medicine is beautiful. It is absolutely past due, but it's beautiful that we get to witness it. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. We believe that sound has its own spot in the 11 steps of shifting your reality. So number 10 is sound tools. Marilyn has been doing sound for billions of years. <laughs> that's her. That's uh, with a B. That's her primary, let's say, uh, area of expertise is a soul. And so I give that a lot of credit. She is actually the one that was intuitively drawn to bringing sound tools into our practice with. Uh, our Reiki and lithotherapy that we were already doing just because sometimes when people are on the table and you, you feel there, there's some stuck energy or you just need a breakthrough. And as a practitioner, you feel like you just want like a jackhammer or something to kind of like get in there and break up some stuff. And so uh, Marilyn felt guided to get our first sound tools and then it took off from there you know certain information comes to light (laughs) and then you have a different awareness and you understand a little bit more why you do what you do and this is definitely a case of that there's a long cellular cellular memory of working with sound as a healing modality incorporating these tools of knowing the power of the physical vibration that happens when you're applying sound in an environment, when you're putting a tuning fork on somebody's body and then they're hearing it and they're feeling it in their field. The efficiency is what gets me. I mean, it's like, it's almost instantaneous what it does to the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the energetic bodies like of a human being. It's right. just like it, 
it cuts through all of that so quickly. And that's why I know we know because we've seen it evolve in the last two years, this rise in interest in sound tools. And you see people have got their gongs going on. They've got group sound. I mean, we've conducted group sound sessions before. Of course, everybody that's ever had a session is basically getting their own sound session because we incorporate not just specific Hertz frequency tuning forks, but all kinds of other sound tools. I will say the one thing that we do not do for us personally or employ that other people do. Now I do in another aspect in another part of my life. And that's with like percussion instruments, people who are getting, who are into trance drumming or, you know, you get into, uh, all kinds of other percussion sound tools. People have always used sound, whether mm-hmm. it's toning with their own voices, using an in, creating an instrument to be able to drum, to be able to have some type of rhythmic instrumentation of expression, right? Um, so we know that since humans have been here, we've used it for healing. Yes, and and I think it's really cool that we once again kind of found out through experience and then really went to town learning all about right. it. So it's like we already believed it. We just right. needed to understand it. Now we got to figure out how it works. And that's kind of how we do everything. So we already had the experience. We always, you know, we use each other to experiment on and oh, yeah. ourselves Our just people, in our own research. Our um, just doing all kinds of Hertz frequency sound meditations and documenting our experiences and discussing at length what we have gleaned from Mm -hmm. from that so the effects of sound are multi-dimensional they traverse time and space Mm -hmm. they are working on so many levels and layers this is why it gets its own entry on the like literally yes your dna Mm -hmm. the cells of your body Mm -hmm. your bones Mm -hmm. your muscles your physical body your your etheric field energetic field field. and your consciousness your spirit so it's also working on your brain and changing the level of consciousness that you're experiencing the easiest thing that you can do is use your own voice yeah toning is huge if you can make sounds and this intuition comes into this as well um, if you're just sort of in a, a meditative and aligned state, you can uh, really connect to the sound of your own voice. And then you can do some really fun exercises, especially if you're having like a physical issue or some pain or something. Mm-hmm. And just imagine the sound, the steady vibrational frequency of your voice as you're toning, healing that area uh, of balancing and bringing that area into harmony. You can, of course, use singing bowls tibetan singing bowls you can just order a tuning fork you can get a tuning fork and there people do talk about these certain specific frequencies you know 432 528 some are going to naturally correspond to certain chakras there is a treasure trove of tuning forks to choose from and explore. But you can just get one. You can start with one and, um, 
and just start with that. You can also listen and get sound you can buy or listen to. There's tons of uh, instances and examples of this online that you can find um, to to just listen to specific music that has those hertz frequencies. Just all those things that you said. You can start today with incorporating sound in your life with intention. Even connecting with nature sounds, even oh, just yeah. just tuning everything out and connecting to the sounds when you're in nature. I'm listening to the birds right now. Right, right. It just reminded me to say that because it's so incredible. Like it's one thing we kind of tune it out. We have to kind of pick and choose throughout the day what we're listening to and what we're tuning out. And if you can really tune in and let those nature sounds just wash over you and fill you up, very healing. There's nothing more healing. I am so comforted when I go out like at night, if I go out on the patio uh, and it's late between the cicadas, the, cicadas, the, frogs, the tree frogs, uh, I'm just, and then every now and then, you know, symphony. that great Hornell couple that live out in the Creek. I, it's just, it is, it is, I can just close my eyes and just be in such a meditative state from that sound alone. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We'll be having an entire episode on sound because there's just too much to cover. It's such a big topic. There's so much information. It's fascinating. So the culmination of all of these steps in shifting your reality is serving humanity. That's a big, that's a big topic, serving humanity. That seems like such a huge monumental endeavor it can feel overwhelming. I like to think of taking the approach that small moves can cover vast distances and you don't feel like you're doing that, but it's having a profound change, a huge reverberating profound change. Serving humanity can include the smallest of gestures, things that you wouldn't even think of as serving humanity, whether it's taking the time to really listen to someone that's wanting to have a conversation with you, you know, really focusing on them mm-hmm. and, and being of service to them by, by listening to what they're saying, by connecting with them. It could be, you know, smiling at someone at the store that you can tell is having a bad day. It can be engaging with a homeless person on the street and treating them like an actual human being instead of, you know, overlooking them or or walking around them. And it can also be, you know, just depending on where you're at in your life, you know, writing a check for a million dollars if you have it too. That's right. You know, people who are are less fortunate or whatever is your passion, you know, that's going to be a great way to start serving humanity because we're all unique and we all have different things that excite us. And for one person, it's animals. For another person, it's, you know, children. Whatever it is, whatever way you feel like you you can use your unique skill set or your point of view to assist someone else, do it. Well, absolutely. If we're talking about changing realities, if we're talking about shifting from an old paradigm into a new paradigm, we're not going to make that transition unless we have a fundamental shift in not only 
our individual realities, but the collective, the in mass reality mm-hmm. that we're all engaging in, right? So there are so many things that we've been conditioned over tens of thousands of years to have a competitive nature with another human being. We have these social constructs that have been in place at least, let me quantify that. I mean, it's been in many Or many that cultures. human beings are but superior beings, to animals. Right, that we have dominion. to each other. Right, that we have dominion and that we also have insecurities and fears. So that creates separateness. And within separateness, right, that's division, that's... That's me going to have opinions about you and how I'm going to deal with you as a human being, right? Case in point, you're in line somewhere. I used to get really fucking pissed off at people who had been in line. We've been in the queue for 15 minutes waiting to check out at the store. And inevitably, um, they're going to write a check. And they're going to wait until everything is rung up. This used to annoy the shit out of me. It really, and I would have judgment about this person. Like, why would you do that? You see we're all waiting. You, you know you've had all this time. You could have been making it out and just waiting for the last minute to fill in that last line. The thing about it is, as I'm listening to this, is uh-huh. that I'm that person. I okay. Which is funny because <laughs> you're my best friend. I know. I, I uh-huh. Just because I'm in my own world a lot, right. and I'm not Well, and for the longest attention. time, it was just like, there's all kinds of things. Or just even seeing somebody back in the day, it used to make my skin crawl. <sighs> if I saw somebody... With like a George Bush sticker, <laughs> you know, I would have an opinion right out the gate about that human <laughs> being. I would. And so <laughs> I'm having some transparency here, you know, I'm like, wow, you're really, I'm going you're out there. Really honest. I love I mean, it. And not only would I have an opinion and a judgment and it would provoke a feeling of irritation and just everything that that does, right? The turmoil that it creates and people get agitated and frustrated and they get angry. And it is so shocking when you're dealing with somebody who is coming at you like a rabid chihuahua, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like really aggressive, not being very nice. And why do we keep repeating this for all of us? that this, this thing of how we're going to interact with another human being instead of being like, I've got no opinion about you. This person, the, I, it doesn't really matter. Whatever is unfolding, it is what it is. But in that process, if I hold a feeling state of unconditional love and this acknowledgement in this moment, no matter how superficial it may seem no matter how transient that moment may may be but that you're actually acknowledging that this is another infinite sovereign divine being wearing a human suit on the other side of me that I'm dealing with or I'm projecting something towards because I got an opinion about it you know that's perpetuating that separateness 
if we don't have that place of unconditional love. I think it, if we're really ultimately going to serve humanity, we got to start at the beginning if we can, because that's something we can actually do ourselves mm-hmm. every day. I can't go join Doctors that's Without a, Borders that's a right now. a full-time job. But that is a full-time job of having unconditional love and no judgment. Not only about other people, but about myself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to come to this place ultimately of separateness, which really what we're striving to do, and the thing that's really going to change our paradigm is if we begin acknowledging one another as ourselves and not separate doing these small things of serving humanity in these small ways actually really does create huge opportunities for major shifts and when we're doing that and we're taking time in the moment to actually help another human being that is coming to our path that day instead of looking at it like a I really am just going to pretend I didn't see that person and that they needed my help and I'm just going to keep going. And okay, really, am I missing this beautiful opportunity to do an act of kindness with no expectation, but other than I want to help this person because you're a part of me ultimately. I know that that may not be the typical perspective on serving humanity, but I think that it's important that people can really think about that and engage that as a living practice because it is going to help completely shift your reality into one where it becomes more effortless. If you're willing to help other people, guess what? Other people, other situations are going to open up and it's just like, it really is a beautiful moment to have when you're like, wow, the universe has just completely shown its grace upon me and everything is effortless. And I feel all of that. I think all of these things come together. Where it starts is by working on yourself. Absolutely. And I think that doing these 11 steps and however you want to engage are going to open up so many doors for self-awareness, which is going to lead to a deeper love for yourself, which is going to lead to an unconditional love for all beings, um, no matter mm-hmm. where you are in the multiverse. Right. And you're not going to be able to help but want to spread the love that you have to everyone around you because you're going to be able to see the connectedness of all of us. And there is no separation that that is truly an illusion that we are all one. Exactly. It's really quite remarkable that we're all here and everybody is absolutely unique and magnificent and everybody serves their purpose in this lifetime. This is uh, the most auspicious time to be a human being. And I'm sure many civilizations have said that (laughs) over the course of uh, human beings on uh, Mother Earth. But it is also true for us now Mm -hmm. in this moment. So we're glad you joined us today and, and, you know, listen to these 11 steps because it goes to 11 and we go to 11 and and, and shifting our reality (laughs) is going to 11 steps. 
So um, resources uh, on our website, which is BeTheLightRocks.com. Check us out. Follow us on our Instagram account. You can peep us on Pinterest. That's our social media. Well, I hope that everyone enjoyed hearing our two cents on uh, the 11 steps to shifting your reality. We really, really enjoyed um, making that for you. And I'm excited for anyone who has the courage to embark upon this journey into themselves. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just have infinite amounts of love and gratitude for anybody who is on the path, you know, boots on the ground, doing the work, doing the work, doing the hard work of light and love and healing, self healing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you're beautiful. You're perfect. Just the way you are. Love yourselves. Without measure, unconditionally, always and forever without judgment, because that's what, that's all we could ask of anybody to do. We're always here. We're your biggest cheerleaders. Always. And, um, Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Be the Light podcast was produced by Teal Hobson Lowther. Our awesome theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones. You're going to want to turn that up to 11. Visit our website, bethelightrocks.com. Stay woke, y'all. Thank you.